It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's the pocket. And To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit about the rest of the division, what the other teams in the division are expected to do this year, and also what the view from the outside is like. Somebody who's involved with a different team in the division, the Bills in this case, but who can take a look at the Jets from maybe a more objective standpoint. So... Went out and got my buddy Mike Lindsley, host of the ML Sports Platter on the Overtime Media Network, doing a great job interviewing some of the best A-listers in all of sports. Amazing, the guest list that this guy has. Mike, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm uh, very happy to be here, man. Thanks so much. I want to talk a little Bills and Jets. Let's first start with the Bills, Mike. Everybody believes that the Bills are the odds-on favorite to win the division this year. I shouldn't say everybody, but most people believe that the Bills are the odds-on favorite, largely because they did really well last year. Brady is gone. You figure the Patriots take a step back. Bills went out, added more reinforcements, Stefan Diggs, several others. So on paper, they look to be the team to beat in the AFC East. As somebody who covers the Bills and is right in the belly of the beast, do you feel that the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC East? I do not. Um, And the reason I feel that is because New England still has that guy named Bill Belichick. And until I see a major collapse, until I see the defense lose multiple players, multiple leaders, the Jamie Collins and the Van Noys and all these guys, until I see that actually be a factor, until I see Stephon Gilmore go from Stephon Gilmore to a lower corner in the NFL, until I see Robert Kraft sell the team, until I – I mean, these are, this is still the Patriots, and it's still a core of, of very smart individuals. It's a very uh, bright owner, a very bright, obviously, head coach, one of the best to ever do it. And I just think New England, I'm a big fan of you're the champion until you get kicked off the throne. I've always believed that. Now, the Bills, to Brandon Bean's credit, they have built around what they need to do. There are no more excuses for him. And let's be honest, the offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, who I think is as important as Allen in this offensive mix, they've done all the right things. And they spent the money in terms of the cap right. Uh, they added people on defense after they lost people on defense. Um, you know, you lose a Jordan Phillips, you lose multiple people, and you just Mario Addison, boom. And, and, and they go out and get, you know, tremendous players in the draft. Um, I think that, they, that Bean has done a wonderful job. I do. Um, but the jury's still out on Allen, and the jury's still out on the offensive coordinator. And I also think that the Bills' schedule – 
while they do benefit from not, you know, having anybody who maybe has two weeks of rest going in to face them, or there's different things that you can kind of dive into. I had Eric Wood on, he was diving really deep into the schedule and how it might not be as difficult. You know, at first you look at it and you're like, whoa, you know, Chiefs, Mahomes, NFC West, primetime games, it's much more unbalanced than last year when almost every game was one o'clock Sunday and it's a creature of habit type of a thing. It is a very tough schedule. And I think also, I don't even know how much better Buffalo is than the Jets and the Dolphins, believe it or not. I mean, I think the Dolphins are going to be really, really good, but are the Dolphins going to be like 7-9 and nine and the Jets around 7-9? and nine? Well, what are the Bills going to be, even with the schedule? Are they going to be 9-7? and seven? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not like a math whiz, but that's only two more wins. And I know that while their schedule might be more difficult at the end of the day, Scott, what do we do? We look at one column on the left and one on the right, no matter who you played, right? And so I, I would tell you that those are the variables for Buffalo. I, I mean, look, it's an exciting time. People are losing their minds in upstate and western New York. Um, but they haven't done anything yet. They made the playoffs last year, and Josh Allen on the biggest, biggest of stages. I'm not talking about college, uh, you know, or, or, or I should say a, a Sunday night game against, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers with uh, a playoff berth on the line even. Um, against a really, really good defense in hostile ter- territory. And he won the game, credit him, but that's not even what a playoff game is. You know, a down Dallas team on Thursday Thanksgiving had a lot of good moments, had incredible guts to, to get a first down, you know, lunging forward with the football. Those things are nice. I like Josh Allen in the fourth quarter. He's a good kid. He's showing leadership. Uh, he can win those games. But – Against the Texans, he was a deer in headlights in the playoff game. They blew a double-digit lead, and I blame the offensive coordinator more, but I also blame Allen. And in college, on the biggest stage, in the, in the biggest games he had at Wyoming, he was horrendous. So I, the jury's still out one way or the other. He's a Jekyll Hyde-type player. Dable's a Jekyll Hyde offensive coordinator. But I think everybody needs to slow down on the Bills. I think the Bills need to go win the division and win a playoff game. And, and, and those are the next steps for the franchise. They haven't won a playoff game since 95. So um, they've got to go do it, is, is what I'm saying. What about the Jets? From the outside looking in, how do you react to what they did with their roster in the offseason? Do you think that they're any kind of credible threat to the Bills or the Patriots? I, I think they're a threat for a couple reasons. I think number one is, before we start talking about defensive lines versus offensive lines, quarterback Darnold versus Allen coaching, uh, fourth quarter turnovers, football stuff, right? We got to talk about COVID stuff. If there's no fans and we have football, there's no home field advantage, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, like, if you go into the Meadowlands and you're the Jets, where you had an advantage, you don't. Where 64 to 68% of, you know, NFL teams win is to the home. And so they don't have the advantage. And if you go to Orchard Park, the Bills don't have the advantage. So how does that work, right? Like, is it now split where it was 0-2 against the Bills? Or, I mean, I don't I don't look at schedules and go, that's a win, that's a loss. And those days are over because that was when I was 10. Um, you know, this is sports. There's already a ton of variables. And now we have the COVID thing where, I mean, practices are going to be different. Facilities are going to be different. Uh, in and out, coaches, masks, players, um, you know, reps, who works out when. <laughs> you know, you're going to Orchard Park, but you don't deal with Bill's Mafia. So is that is that does that become a win? Um, 
and let's be honest, I think that the jury is out as much for Darnold as it is for Allen. Um, these two guys, and you and I have talked about until we're blue in the face, these two guys are really the wild card players in the East. You might give Tua a little bit of that next, but I think with him, you got to get him into the league, right? you got to see if he's going to be healthy, all that stuff. We've seen Allen and Darnold. We're into a point now where the Bills have built around Allen a lot, and I'm not sure Darnold has enough in New York. Um, but why can't the Jets go 8-8? Eight and eight? Why can't they go 7-9? and nine? Why can't they? I mean, I don't know about 9-7. and seven. I don't think it's a playoff team, clearly. But, I mean, why can't they be within a couple wins of everybody else? I, I think it's possible. And I think, again, without fans, it's, it's a totally different deal. Um, so, sure, why not? I worry about the Jets a little bit on the offensive line of scrimmage. I don't see a lot of offensive weapons. Um, they don't have game-break guys. Um, I mean, gosh, if, if DeAndre Hopkins was available for a, a bag of, you know, soybeans and, and you know, a bag of bubble gum, uh, maybe the Jets should have made a run at him. I don't know. You know, maybe a lot of teams should have made a run at him. Instead, he's going to be going to Arizona and, you know, playing with Tyler Murray, which is just an insane thought. But I think Darnold needs more help around him at the, end, at the end of the day. But I think the factor of the no fan thing and, and how people prep all week gives a lot of teams an extra chance Overall, I really do. Not just the Jets. I think I think that's a that could be a league wide thing for teams that might be floating around that bubble spot. What do you think roster wise, though? Do you think that they have any chance to compete just from a talent level standpoint with the Bills, with the Patriots, and obviously with the Dolphins? Because there are four teams in this division, even though we haven't talked that much about the Dolphins yet. Do you think that their roster stacks up in any way with the top tier teams, the Patriots and the Bills? I mean, I think when you compare, you know, the Bills and 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 the Jets um, at, at wide receiver, you're probably looking at, at comparable guys like this two and three type, right? I mean, is a new is a new as good as Beasley? Um, I think obviously at running back, you know, Bell can go off at any time. Um, quarterbacks are probably pretty even. I think the, the key is going to be for both of these teams. You know, what guy can – I think Stephon Diggs is going to come right into Buffalo and be, and be pretty good. But it's going to be, again, can the quarterbacks make everybody around them better? I think, obviously, roster-wise, A to Z, I do think Buffalo has a pretty darn good roster. I do. But because it's so much about the QB and the OC, you just kind of have a, a big question mark with how things are going to go. I mean, if, if you have – if you had an elite telephone quarterback – who already makes mid-level guys better, right? You look at the roster a lot different because you know that, you know, Joe Schmo could be, you know, normally a 500 to seven or 800-yard guy. He could be a 1,200-yard guy with Drew Brees, with, you know, Tom Brady in, in, in his absolute prime. Um, I, think the, I think the Dolphins, you know, making the moves they did in the offseason um, – I think defensively are probably even if not a little bit ahead of New York. Um, I don't think that they're ahead of the Bills. I think the Bills have the best defense in the division. The problem is, again, you have New England. <laughs> and Belichick makes literally the best lemonade out of, you know, whatever he's using. He doesn't have to use lemons to make lemonade, you know. So, um if I had to rank them, I mean, talent-wise, I'd probably put Buffalo roster-wise at the top. 
quality, I probably put Buffalo at the top. Um, comparable skill set players, potential. I would probably put everybody on the even side of things, not knowing what the quarterbacks are going to do. Stidham especially, Allen probably right after that, and Darnold right after that. Um, you know, and and we have to let this whole thing play out. I think Miami's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating time. Because simply, it's just no Brady. I mean, you, you don't have Brady there, and it's going to be Bill Belichick rebuilding the New England Patriots. How does everybody else keep up? Can everybody take advantage of it? But I like, I like, I don't like, I love the Bills roster. Um, I don't love the Jets roster. I think there's areas of potential. And I think that the Dolphins roster um, is a really like, you know, I think they had a great draft. I think they filled a lot of holes. I think, uh, you know, free agency wise, I think they're incredibly well coached. I mean, that was a team that was supposed to tank for two. They still got them. You know, and Brian Flores, maybe he's a disciple that's going to work out. Um, but I think everybody's a lot more comparable than, than maybe, you know, Bill's fans think. Let's put it that way. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
As we head into year three of Darnold and Allen, you mentioned before that you and I have talked a lot about both of those guys and that they are the X factor for their respective teams. But what are you expecting to see? Do you think either one of these guys is going to take that leap? Because I think Allen has exceeded expectations or at least the expectations of his harshest critics so far, whereas Darnold hasn't necessarily lived up to what a lot of people thought he would be. Now, to be fair, he obviously had mono last season, so that's going to hurt him and we don't know exactly how much that took out of him even when he came back but what are you expecting to see here does Allen take that leap from year two to year three does Darnold what do you see happening with those two guys in 2020 well I think Darnold I still think Darnold's really good I do and again there's so many layers to being a really really good quarterback in this league right I mean if it were just about finding an elite guy and if it were easy, then everybody would have an elite guy. Everybody would have an elite quarterback, right? Going in the draft and getting a guy is very difficult. I think with Darnold, again, looking around him in the roster, it has to improve. I think he will improve no matter what because I do think he's really, really good. Um, how good? I don't know if it's the next giant step. You know, it might be. 75% of what Allen did last year for his respective game, right? But I don't know if he can take the giant step without a clear-cut number one wide receiver, um, without a number two who's potentially a John Brown type who can give you, you know, 900 to 1,200. I mean, he doesn't have things around. He doesn't have weapons around him. Um, so I think he takes a mini step. I'll call it that. As far as Allen goes, I mean, look – he took a really, really nice step last year, but the Bills are ready to win now. I mean, they have a two, three-year-ish window where they've got this roster where there's Jordan Poyer, Micah High, big-time defense, one of the top three defenses in, in the NFL, four or five defense. I mean, stretch it to five if you wish. Uh, I think it's a top three D. You know, they've got Jerry Hughes still playing really, really well. They've got, you know, guys under contract for a long time. Edmonds is a monster. Milano is a monster. Allen still over everybody is the key. And he's now got Diggs. He's got Beasley. He's got Brown. You know, they went out and got this Cam Davis kid who I think is going to be really, really good out of UCF. Really good player. Go up and get an end zone type guy. Allen has got to get better beyond 10 yards. And that's where I think if you look at quarterback and offensive coordinator uh, relationships, I think Allen and Dable, I, I think they are the number one combo to watch. Because last year, when Allen was really, really rolling, Scott, really rolling, Dable was horrible. Dable went conservative. And I don't know if that was McDermott chirping in his ear. I don't know if that was the influence of McDermott, but he didn't say anything. I don't know if that was Dable just doing stupid Dable things. I have no idea. But they went conservative. And then when Dable wanted to mix it up and do a lot of great things, Josh Allen was throw, overthrowing everybody by 20 yards. <laughs> um, that pair is going to be crucial to the Bills. I mean, that to me is is the difference between making the playoffs and not. And to answer your question, I think Allen takes the equal step that he did last year, and we actually, a year from now, are having conversations about if Josh Allen is the guy. I, I believe that. I don't know if he's going to take a quantum leap forward to the point where we're like, yep, we're good. He's, he's our guy for the next 10 years. I think it takes probably as close to a, a decent step. Maybe I'll call his a mini step as well. Um, 
but I think I think he's not going to do. I don't think he'll do the giant step where where we're, where it's changed our perception of the guy. I mean, it might even be one more year after that for for everybody to know. But I, I will go mini step on Darnold, and I will go how's extra mini step on Josh Allen. <laughs> extra mini step, I like it. Let's talk predictions here. We know that you think that the Patriots are still going to win the division and that the Bills are not going to be far behind. How do you think this shakes out for third and fourth place with the Jets and the Dolphins? And then ultimately, what do you think each team's record is going to be within reason? I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but give me a general ballpark of what you think each team's record is going to be. I mean, I think you're looking at probably like Jets, Dolphins in like six and ten neighborhood you know, fighting it out there at the bottom. And I think you're looking at Patriots bills like eight and eight, nine and seven kind of thing. I mean, I think the winner of this division could literally be eight and eight or nine and seven. I really believe that, you know, and new England could go way down. Um, I could be wrong about New England. I could be wrong. They could, they could, they could finish seven and nine, six and 10 and just have a total rebuild thing. And everybody's celebrating the Patriot demise because everybody hates New England. If, you know, every non-Patriot fan just despises them. Um, you know, but Belichick, I mean, is he, he going to let that happen? I mean, is Bill Belichick going to let this team go down to the basement of the division, right? I mean, when everybody's just handing this thing over to the Bills, I just, I, I have such a hard time believing it, man. Um, so, I, I mean, I would tell you that I think, there's going to be some fighting it out with the Pats and the Bills, I think, in the 8-8, and 9-7 and seven neighborhood. And then I think it's 7-9, and 6-10 and 10, uh, for the other two. Um, do, I, do I give my almost end-of-June prediction on the AFC East now? Probably not in terms of outright. But I, I again, have to see New England fall hard uh, to not pick them to win it. I really need to see it. What do you think the odds are that New England and Buffalo both make the playoffs? I mean, there's an extra spot this year, too, right? So, like, that could play a factor where you could be, you know, the, the both 9 and 7, they use the tie break, whatever tie break it is, and New England wins the division, Buffalo goes because there's an extra, you know, wild card team. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I guess probably better than I would other sports because it seems like every other sport is so watered down. I mean, the NBA and NHL, they send half the league to the playoffs. Major League Baseball wants to send everybody to the playoffs. I mean, they're going to keep just adding wild cards whenever they play again of what, around 2024. Um, you know, in the NFL, you're like, wow, there's only two spots? Wow. And every year, the playoffs come around, and you're like, wow, only two spots. And then, you know, now they're going to finally, you know, put somebody in. I don't know if that's going to feel like it's cheapening to the fans. Um, I know for Jet fans, if they made it, they would they'd just give it to me on a silver platter, baby. I, you know, or the Dolphins or how the Bills were before the drought, right? But, I mean, both of them make the playoffs? No, I, I don't I don't see it. Um, I, I think the AFC, the way it is right now, you've got Kansas City, clear favorite in the West, clear favorite to go back to the Super Bowl. Baltimore, Lamar, great year last year, got to do more on the big stage. Tennessee, really, really well coached. Vrabel, they're going to be a threat. Uh, Colts are going to be better with Phillip Rivers. I think I think their defense is going to be a lot better this year. Well coached with Frank Reich. All those things are going to be a problem. I got Denver as a sleeper. Um, you know, the Raiders will play a factor. Um, you know, the Steelers are back with Big Ben. I, I just – there's still no room. I mean, adding another team, does that, does that really three – I mean, one division winner and, and out of what, a couple of – you know, three wild – I mean, is that going to put – 
Bills, Bills Patriots. I mean, are, are, are one of those teams really going to beat out all those other clubs uh, who don't win a division? I, I don't know, man. Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Kansas City. It's crowded and it's and it's top heavy. It's balanced and it's deep. It's all those things in the AFC. So I don't think I don't think Buffalo and New England make it. Going to be an interesting year, assuming that we do have a football season. Mike Lindsley, host of the ML Sports Platter podcast on the Overtime Media Network. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I know you've had some really awesome guests lately. Trey Wingle was on the show. In the past, you've had Jay Billis, some real A-listers. Who's coming up on the ML Sports Platter? Um, this week, I'm, I'm, I'm still booking some people, but I will say that I will have uh, Matthew Gutierrez on has done just a fantastic job uh, covering Syracuse athletics and uh, working on some more high-profile guys for uh, for the summer so people can be on the lookout. Make sure that you subscribe to Mike's podcast, the ML Sports Platter, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And follow him on Twitter at Mike L Sports. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest, the New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.